We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an Android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Cranges Make Basketball. And Tim, today we are going to hop straight into uh, the biggest threats to the Lakers in the West. But before we get started, man, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tom. I'm uh, having a good day. I uh, ordered a fake engagement ring, which is fun. Um, I got a haircut. Is there, wait, wait. You can't just... A, f- a fake one? Yeah, so... Playing a prank of, on your fiancé? No, 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 no. Just so, <laughs> uh, you know... We're going going to our honeymoon overseas. Get basically a, a duplicate one with not a diamond in it, just in case. Ah, gotcha. I mean, I, I think it sounds like a good idea. It was like a thirty dollars ring that looks exactly the same as the one that was much, much more. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, glad we cleared that up. Sorry to to derail you. I was just curious. That was not something I'm, yeah, I've man. heard before. I think no problem. But uh, I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, I've been enjoying the, the rewatch parties. Those have been a blast. Getting getting my uh, Lakers fixed that way. And then with these World Cup games, getting more basketball. Right now, Tim, we're going to move on to the biggest threats in the West. Now, what we're going to try and do is we have plenty of time to go over training camp. We've already talked, you know, we talk Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Let's kind of frame this team, you know, and the rest of the West around it. Because I think. We can be as high as the Lakers as we want, and it, if we don't have that right context, you know, we were talking on stream for that rewatch of that uh, that 2008 first round, and it was crazy. The first seed had 57 wins, and the eighth seed had 50 wins. Now I don't know if they're going to be that close, and that was an outlier year, right? Like I think the Suns missed the playoffs with 48 wins, but the West is better than it was last year, I think, and and at the top especially. And, and even the teams kind of, you know, vying for that maybe back into the playoffs play in, I feel better about. 
now there are going to be teams today that we don't maybe talk about that I still think are good teams, and uh, and you have to play your cards right, make sure you stay healthy, and uh, and do your job to beat them in the playoffs. But a good place to start is with the defending champions, right? The Nuggets, their favorites, as you can see here on every sports book. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess to, starting with them, Tim, uh, like what about their offseason? Uh, I can go over some of their quickly, their additions, subtractions. You know, they lost Bruce Brown was a big one. They also lost Thomas Bryant, Jeff Green. Uh, so they've moved around some pieces on the edges without adding a ton uh, outside of that. So I guess does any of their offseason kind of reframe where, where they were from last season to now? I don't – I mean I think they were far enough ahead of the other teams that you have to give them some benefit of the doubt. They've got the MVP. What I see with their offseason is is more of them heading back towards the pack instead of furthering themselves, which is good news for the Lakers. But they are absolutely still going to be a contender in the West and likely the favorite in the West, a favorite for the one seed. Shouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, and they did lose Bruce Brown. Uh, his son, Christian Brown, will step in and uh, fill in for that spot. Uh, Jamal Murray, maybe he'll have another hot shooting playoffs. You never know. He was he was a good player in the regular season, like a very good player in the regular season. He was like insane from a shot-making standpoint in the playoffs. But you can absolutely see a scenario where Jokic continues to be dominant. Christian Brown steps in for not his father, uh, Bruce Brown. Murray's good, and you know maybe maybe some of the depth pieces step up a bit. But this could be a very top heavy, but still dominant team that is really really difficult to play against because of their post game, their pick and roll offense. They could score with their bigs, with their guards. They've got that physicality element. The Gordon Jokic front court is so hard to deal with. Michael Porter Jr. He's large at the three. It's not that he's like a big ISO guy, but it's just you need size to contest his threes. And uh, that, you know, impacts how other teams have to build lineups, which which can be a challenge for a lot of teams. Yeah, I think, you know, them adding on on the edges, they they really didn't have they got Justin Holiday, you know, they didn't have they had their Julian Strother pick um, a couple other guys on the fringes. They lost some serious talent and versatility, I think. Even though Jeff Green is maybe play a lot of minutes, I think he's a valuable kind of guy. Uh, Thomas Bryant is, you know, whatever, didn't matter as much. But I think, you know, another year on him, you know, maybe uh, not just Jokic getting older. I think he's fine. He's not worried about that. But does Michael Porter's back flare up, right? Does, does Jamal mm-hmm. Murray, you know, kind of uh, equalize next playoffs? So those things, I still think the Nuggets are the rightful favorite as they are, you know, depicted on this list. But I think with the Lakers additions and, you know, another year stronger, I think they're closer than a, than the sweep we saw in the last playoffs. Do you think do you think so as well? Absolutely. And I think they play and we've we've spoken about this a couple of times. They played Denver closer than a sweep. They came out on the wrong end of four games in a row. They had some shooting luck on both ends of the court go against them. And, it, you know, a sweep's a sweep. But you don't leave that saying, man, we're, you know, light years away from this team. You're closer than that. And the Lakers getting a little stronger and having chemistry and being healthy. And Denver losing some of that depth and maybe some guys not having nearly as crazy shot-making 
stretches does make this very, very competitive. So I, I think the Lakers do have a shot against this team. The depth for them is just so much worse. Well, not so much, but like they were what, like seven deep last year. Now they're like six deep or like five deep. Like they don't, yeah. don't have depth. There's no margin for error here. This is a team that if they get an injury in the playoffs, they're in big trouble. If they get an injury in the regular yeah. season, they're in big yeah. trouble. And they might end up as like, you know, a really, really, really good four seed because uh, Jokic was out 20 games or something like that, but now mm-hmm. he's healthy. So they're a team that doesn't have a whole lot of margin for error from a health standpoint. And another element that like, I, I think this is truly a tricky question. I don't know that I'm, I have the answer, but Jamal Murray last regular season, like if you go pull up his B-ball index metrics, like he was good, but he wasn't, he wasn't elite. He wasn't top five, like guard in the, in the West elite, but he was that in the playoffs. And who will he be next year? Is he just a guy that year after year is like good in the regular season and then turns it on? Cause that hasn't quite been the case, but we certainly have seen a couple playoffs where he's, he's gone bananas. What he is and what he will be, I think is a really, really big element for them because if he next playoffs plays like he played this past regular season, I feel really good about the Lakers playing that team. The, the, the Lakers went against that matchup, did a lot of things that, you know, were smart. Some tactical inches they took too long to find. Other ones they didn't do enough. But, like, they did a lot of things that made sense, and he just hit every shot regardless, it seemed like. So you yeah. feel like it has to – like, there has to be some sort of regression, right? Maybe. I mean, they still have, for the most part, the same strengths that they did last year, right? Mm-hmm. Jokic in the post – not only as a scorer, but as a passer, brings a unique challenge that not a lot of NBA rosters can can solve right now. Even with a good physical center, you know, he's going to beat you with his mind. Um, that dynamic guard pick and roll with different options of the guy like Gordon and his athleticism on offense and defense. And then, you know, that one-two punch with Jokic Murray with the good shooting kind of pieces around them. Now, I do think that, you know, the shorter bench will hurt them. And I guess let's frame it this way. Do you think they'll end the regular season as the one seed in the West again? I will say no. I think there's so little margin for error. I think they're when healthy, they could absolutely play like a one seed, but they're going to get nicked up at some point. And I don't see this team being like near one seed level if they do get nicked up just because they're they're lacking depth and they could be you know defending champs they're going to be feeling themselves they might not feel like they need to they might want to play more you know Jokic got his mvp uh i'm sure murray's going to try to get an all-star berth for once you know that's that's a big thing i think a lot of uh denver you know media and fans think that he's an all-star so you know, I'm not going to clip this and send it to them for your, you know, thoughts on Jamal Murray, but maybe I will, you know, no, I'm kidding, but I think he's a good player. Uh, I think he is a little chip on his shoulder in that sense, at least on an individual level. So, you know, what does that look like? How does that change chemistry? Um, it's another year. If things don't start to go their way, it could, you know, it's just a few games here and there moves you from one to three. I'm not saying they're going to be like a six seed or anything. I think they're top four guaranteed, probably. Yeah, I, I, they'll still be very good. Don't don't get us wrong, but it 
they had a really special run last year and I, you know, for a team that just won the title, it wouldn't be surprising for them to start next season a little bit lethargic. And on top of that, if they do have any injury troubles, it, you know, it doesn't bode well for them. So, but they're still a very good team. They're going to be good. Uh, I guess the last question with them is what's your left con for this matchup? To remind the good folks uh, in the audience, our, our left con is our Lakers uh, version of the military's DEF CON, which is your like readiness scale. How worried are we? It goes from one to five, but five is we feel really good. One is we're like very, very worried. From a from a five to one, where would you put yourself for this matchup? Uh, I, I think I'm probably at like a two. I could see, you know, if they don't bring in a, a big, I think, who can can work with them, I'm, they found some things with Rui on Jokic. I don't know about the sustainability about that long term, to be perfectly honest with you. But not a lot of people have an answer for them uh, on the defensive end in that respect. So the Lakers getting better on offense, having a better you know versatility in that respect, being deeper, gives them a better chance than getting swept. But I still think it would be a pretty tough matchup for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I have them at a two as well. You have to give them some benefit of the doubt. This is a really, really good team. And if they make it to the playoffs healthy, they're going to be a really tough out and absolutely a title contender. There aren't a whole lot of teams built these days to stop a Nikola Jokic type of player. Maybe a decade ago there were, but a lot of teams have moved away from that style of size and physicality. And that bodes well for a team that is big and is physical with him and Aaron Gordon in the front court, Michael Porter Jr. Like three through five, they're a big, big team. And they're bringing back just about all their key players from last year, losing some depth, but still, still a tough, tough group. And I would say one of the best coached groups in the NBA as well. I have a lot of respect for Mike Malone. I think he coached against the Lakers in the bubble better than Spo did. I thought that was the top, like the toughest schematic matchup that we broke down that playoff run on the way to the Lakers winning. And uh, he really, really brought it this past season as well in the playoffs. So they've got it on the court. They've got it on the sidelines. They've got the MVP. That's going to be a tough group to face. All right. That's a good place to leave it for them. I think, uh, I think a lot of people have come out of this off season being pretty high on the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, they're just barely trailing the Nuggets there in odds. Uh, a little bit, but not too much. So, obviously, they have a ridiculous, you know, top three players. They got rid of Chris Paul, brought in Bradley Beal, got KD, you know, at the trade deadline last year. Uh, did some pretty good moving around the fringes, you know, getting guys like Eric Gordon. Um, you know, they lost Jock Landale, uh, Bismack Biombo, Tory Craig, so uh, campaign, Landry Shamit, TJ Warren. They have a lot of turnover here. So this is going to be a significantly different group than we saw last year. But guys like Kata Bates Diop, uh, you know, uh, Utah wasn't Arnabi. I thought they did pretty well there on the fringes, Tim. So I guess just in terms of their their ins and outs, how do you feel about the the reframe for the Suns? I'm very high on them, and maybe I'm projecting them more towards like what I think they should be and what they end up being might be a little different, but 
This is a group that has really, really good scoring. They should have much more team chemistry and be able to build out a real scheme. Unlike last season, where once you got to like once they had those trades happen, they really dumbed things down and weren't operating with their full repertoire available, and that that tangibly hurt them. Like they were not the same machine of an offense last season like they were the prior year, and they've retained their offensive coordinator Kevin Young, who longtime listeners will. You know, you know, I'm high on him. You know, I was high on him as a head coaching candidate. And I think at some point soon he will get that opportunity. He in our optimization database at B-Ball Index, when we look at what player, you know, offensive impact did look like versus what we project it to look like based on player skills. He has optimized offenses better than just about anyone in our entire database. And Frank Vogel has optimized defenses better than just about anybody in our entire database. And if you were to put those two guys together, they would grade out a number one coach in the air. So they've, you know, we'll have to see, can you be really good on both ends at the same time from a scheme standpoint, but they certainly have the mind, they have the minds in the building and they've got all of the self-creation talent you could want with Bradley Beal, KD, Devin Booker. If you have, it's really, this to me, I think is really interesting you can have an excellent wing stopper and an excellent point of attack defender. Most teams don't have both of those, but you could have both of those. And then you might have another guy and they're going to have an elite ISO option to go against that guy. Cause you need, you can't hide anybody. There's nowhere to hide anyone. And so I think that's going to be a challenge for a lot of teams to defend against just as is on top of that, throwing some good scheme. And then I think Deandre Ayton, a big question for them. And I think, you know, thinking of what they could be if Aiton looks like Aiton like if he looks like himself again that changes things for them as well like he can't last season he was not good before that like we saw him in a deep playoff run be one of the most versatile big men from a coverage and a positional standpoint defensively he was finishing really well he was taking on tough matchups like he proved himself I I looked at that run I looked at the data from that run the film from that run and I said this guy's legit he got a big bag and he had a really bad season last season. And I think Frank Vogel coming in is someone that can much better leverage the skill sets he has available. It's a fresh start for him. And they decided not to trade him. And if they wanted to trade him, they should have done so because now they're very, very limited because of that second apron. And so I think this group's kind of locked in. But if Aiden can be himself again, along with BLKD and Booker, along with all the guys you talked about, like Utah Watanabe, uh, Goodwin's pretty good. Uh, not a lot of people know about him. Jordan Goodwin's like a solid backup point guard. They got Bull Bull. There's some upside there. Kata Bates Diop. We talked about him during the offseason as a potential free agent option for the Lakers. Drew Eubanks, a solid big man. Josh Okogi, like they've got a ton of value role players along with studs and the coaching to go with it. So I, this is a team I think is going to be really, really damn good. I, you know, it's hard to look at a team with that top end talent and all and and not think that they're going to be good. However, I feel like I'm a little bit lower on them than you are. And I think that comes for me with you know, Kevin Durant is going to be 35 years old in a month, at the end of September. He's already shown over the last few years to be fairly injury prone. Um, now, if they took Kevin Durant off this team, this is still a really good team. And to your point, you still have a lot of problems with defending two guys like Booker and Beal. 
but is and these are different guys but you know that small stretch we saw of Brooklyn with Harden, Kyrie and KD they were really really good and for them it was you know obviously Kyrie and Harden are different uh unique challenges but I could see a scenario where you know DeAndre Ayton got a bag but he's still feeling a little malcontent he's feeling a little not great about being the defensive uh anchor rebounder guy of this group and you know, or they go through injuries and even best case scenario, I think it's going to take a little bit of time, which these guys are fine with. They're going to feel it out through November, December, January, try to get to where they want to be by May. But I still can see a, a little bit more areas where it could fall in different ways than we expect, just because of how talented the top group is. Now, I'm not just saying, you know, basing it all off injury, it's it's just a different dynamic bringing with the leadership and Kevin Durant. I'm just curious. And in a perfect world, you combine Frank Vogel and Kevin Young. But in execution, does that work? Does that happen? Right? It's still people involved. And so mm-hmm. maybe I'm I'm crazy, and I'm still obviously think they're going to be a very good team. But I can just see more avenues where this could fall apart a little bit, and they end up like a three seed, you know, playing against a pretty good, you know. Uh, six seed or not losing the first round, but still just having more challenges maybe than we think. That's possible. I, I think this group, thankfully for them, doesn't have any of those unique personalities. It, like, well, I, I mean, Kevin, Katie's his own animal, but not in a way that like I worry about him derailing their season like you do with Harden or with Kyrie. Just with and injury. that's with injuries, him. yeah. Yeah, like with him, yeah. Like Booker, I've got no concerns with. Beal, I'm not concerned with. Like th- these guys, you know, you can you can point at like too, defense man. and yeah, I, I I could see it. Like I think you can make the case like if one of these if one of these guys gets injured, this is still a really good team. Maybe sure. not a title contender. If one of Denver's key guy get, guys gets injured, they're not a title contender. If one of the Lakers' key guys gets injured, they're probably not a title contender, depending on who it is. Or a contender to win the West, depending on who it is. But if healthy, no one's going to want to play them. Like they made a, they got a massive upgrade adding Bradley Beal from a like penetration attacking the rim standpoint. The second level scoring for this group, the self creation ability. Like if you have a weak defender anywhere, they're probably going to be able to go at that guy. And they're, you know, when these guys are hot, it's a lot of like, there's nothing we can do about this <laughs> mindset as a defense. And they've got three of those guys on this team right now. So that's, <laughs> that it, to me looks is, good. It is okay. But what is that? <laughs> there's nothing we can do about that on defense look like for them. Are they going to have, there's nothing we can do about that defensive uh, opportunities? You mean in terms of their defense being bad? Yeah. I think that's going to be their biggest challenge. Like this to me is a really good off. So I think I see two big potential like holes here. Well, or three, I'll say if Aiton plays like he did last year, that really, really hurts because you're spending a lot of money on a guy who was not impactful. If he can be himself, that's really helpful. The other thing is they don't have a true like point guard. Devin Booker's not a point guard. Bradley Beal's not a point guard. These guys can play with the ball in their hands. They can run offense. They don't have a Chris Paul anymore. So it 
it's just a little bit different in terms of how you run your offense, I, yeah. I think, potentially. Especially Kevin Young, heavy, heavy ball screen guy. We'll see what that ends up looking like. How do you run – like, how do you use Beal and Booker together in a play? It's really challenging to see. If you use Beal and KD or Booker and KD, defenses probably switch. And, you know, they're okay with attacking, you know, via ISO again switching. But how – what do they run, I think, is an open challenge because this isn't a – uh I don't know, a normally constructed roster from a like skill distribution standpoint. In some ways, it's really, really strong. In other areas, they're a little weak. Um, so I see that as a challenge. And then also defensively, what do things look like? If we look like at the defensive roles for these guys, uh, Katie actually had a really good season uh, as a helper. He was an off-ball, like, secondary rim protector. Did a really, really good job. The most effective rim protector among helpers last season. Devin Booker, Chaser, Bradley Beal was in a helper role. He was not someone that was at the point of attack. So you're going to need defenders around these guys. And I think you have some of those guys on the roster, but Booker was really good on defense in the playoffs last year. I'll give him that. Yeah, he did. He did turn it up enough. That's a good point. Being able to use that energy bar in a different way, not having to be that offensive, you know, ISO guy all the time, creating secondary creating might help him, you know, move that that defensive role into a, into something that they can be more sustainable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I think we've covered, you know, what they could look like. We've covered the strengths, the the, the question marks. How does, how did the Lakers match up? Right. I, I think to me, perimeter defense would be a concern. There's nowhere to hide anybody. Like Devo's going to need to guard. Braun's going to need to guard. You can't, just rest on defense against these guys because they've got the guns with three of these players to just go at you if you're trying to take you know possessions off or even if you're not trying to take possessions off. Well, something that I think the Suns had problems with, I think last last uh, playoffs as well with Paul and Booker was getting to the rim. I know Kevin Durant's not gotten to the rim nearly as much. So this team, you know, not to say they're going to live and die by the three. They're going to be a great three-point shooting team, I think. But can you force them into some of those more mid-range shots? You know, those are high-efficiency guys in those areas, but still, you know, just getting one possession, not giving up offensive rebounds, um, being able to take advantage of Aiton on defense. I'm curious how the the roles for these guys do shift because offensively they should be great, but can a good defense still kind of make them uncomfortable and make some other guys, uh, you know, they make Eric Gordon make more shots, the Utah Watanabe's, the the Bull Bulls, the other guys take more of those shots. It's it's a tough ask when you have so much talent out there and you can swing like I was saying with the way the Brooklyn was set up. And you have effectively James Harden spotting up. If that's Bradley Beal, you're not going to leave him. There's going to be more space. Maybe they can get to the rim better. So I think mm-hmm. there's still a lot of balls up in the air for that team. Yeah. Uh, Beal's a good guy. In terms of like rim shot creation, he sh- he graded out the best among him, KD, Booker, and Chris Paul last season. Chris mm-hmm. Paul was around average. Uh, KD was an F. Booker was an A-. minus. Beal was an A, if I'm remembering what I just had up on the screen about 30 seconds ago correctly. So I think that helps, but I do think that's a fair point. That was something that, you know, Chris Paul and Booker and Katie, they were struggling to get to the rim. And that 
put a cap on what their offense was able to be. It was a lot of jump shooting. And if the jump shots weren't falling, things became problematic. I think Beal helps in that regard, but still, they don't have a true point guard. I think for me, like defensively, they need Jordan Goodwin and Josh and Kogi to play well because those are the two guys that I think can be point of attack defenders. They were point of attack defenders last season. Jordan Goodwin, he had a really solid season. B, O LeBron, A minus D LeBron as a secondary ball handler, point of attack defender for his roles on a bad, bad Washington team. Only 24 years old, his season age last year. Uh, He's not a guy that a lot of people are aware of. This could be a breakout year for him. But if he's nothing, like if he doesn't, if, you know, on a bigger stage, this doesn't amount to much. They run into some problems, but I think he would be a key piece for them because he can be point of attack on defense and on offense. He can be a, a point guard and he has some really solid facilitation numbers. It's just, you know, you don't need to score all that much, but just be out there, get the ball to your scorers and be able to just kind of slot players correctly. So you don't need to have a shooting guard playing point guard. And then we don't have anybody at the point of attack. He could be important for them. So if you had to put, a left con on them, where would you rank it? I think I am expecting them to be really good. I, I'd have them as a one. This is a team that I'm really worried about because I I just don't see how you're going to be able to uh, defend well against what they have. Offensively, for the Lakers, I think you know they match up well, but this is just such a difficult team to try to game plan against. Actually, I'm looking at his playmaking stats. Not as good when you compare to, to just guards. Um, really good passing efficiency, though, Jordan Goodwin. Um, but I think they've done a really, really nice job. They've like This is a, from a minimum contract standpoint, they did about as good as you could possibly do. And I f- believe in Aiton being better than he was last year. And I think the top end talent's there and I trust the coaching. Maybe this crashes and burns and I look silly, but I think I'm more worried about them than I am about Denver right now. I see that. I still think I'd probably put with my concerns. I put them at a two where I'm concerned, but I could see a path. Um, Obviously I think the Lakers have more athleticism to, to match up with some of these guys. If they're able to, you know, get some good, defense out of Max Christie and, and, you know, some more wing, find, find that other wing guy that they can probably going to have to use Vanderbilt quite a bit in this matchup, which is a concern, you know, if this matchups, uh, if the team stays mostly the same. So Mm -hmm. there's still some concerns as far as how they match up individually, but yeah, I think Anthony Davis being able to, to roam around, protect the paint, forcing these guys to maybe some more jump range, uh, jumpers. It maybe adds a little bit more variability in favor of the Lakers. Yep, yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why don't we, uh, I guess, rapid fire through some of these other teams? Yeah, since we've taken I think a bit those here. two, would you agree those two are the biggest threats to win the West? And I would even say my projection would be those Suns are the are the one seed. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with both statements. Those are the top two teams I'm worried about. And I'm more worried about the Suns in a seven-game series. And I'm also thinking in the regular season, I expect the Suns to finish as a high, the, the highest seed. I like them as the one seed this year. For sure. But yeah, let's move on to the Warriors. They are next in the odds, as you can see here. The Lakers did defeat them uh, last uh, last playoffs. But they're they're a different team here as well. We got Poole gone. Hopefully they're banking on better chemistry there, bringing Chris Paul in to shore up their you know non-Steph Curry minutes, which were disastrous the whole year. Uh, you got Wiggins back in rhythm. He had that long, lengthy absence he had dealt with. And then maybe they do finally hit on one of these young guys that they haven't been able to get, you know, impact minutes from, like Kaminga, um, was that Jace Davis is, is their draft pick. Uh, Podjemski, I think is how you say it, right? Or, and Moses Moody from a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. is that their best path or is it to expect kind of, you know, Everything's copacetic on the Steph, Clay, Draymond front. We think they're going to be more or less the same guys. And then, you know, all those things I said will kind of lift them up or do they have some concerns with their new new roster? I think they're going to be a tough out. And I understand why their odds are – actually, when we're, what we're looking at right now, they're higher than Lakers to win the West. Yep. And I think they should be about in that same tier. Like – Poole was not good last season. He was very bad in the playoffs. He had a good game here and there, but they're going to do better than that. Wiggins was not himself. And with those young guys, if I had to pick someone, I actually think the rookie, Trace Jackson Davis, is someone that might be able to come in right away and and just be a solid switchable, good finishing, lob threat, really strong defense guy that can come in in a very new role for him with the ball in his hands a lot less, but be strong. I think Dario Saric is an underrated pickup for them because he's got some of the passing and the dribble handoff playmaking, but can also space the floor in a way that was a challenge for this Golden State team with their front court this past year. Uh, I think their big questions are like, how do you fit Chris Ball? Like, he doesn't really fit the scheme. So does the scheme change? Or is he just there to, as you mentioned, bolster the non-staff like bench unit minutes? Uh, is he like if he's your sixth man, you know, lead the bench captain? Okay, I could I could see it. Right. Uh, like, is their ceiling higher with Chris Paul in the closing lineup or without? I don't know. I feel like it's probably without. 
Probably without. Like, defensively, I think it's tough to play that. I mean, Jordan Poole wasn't strong defensively either, but offensively, Poole and Steph make sense more together and then also within their scheme. Uh, Paul doesn't – I mean, Chris Paul's not going to be running around like Van Dowson flare screens. He just won't. If you look at, like, his movement data, he is – he is an old man out there moving as little as he needs to. He's going to be on ball, running ball screens and facilitating or standing there while everybody else runs around in circles. Uh, so we've got, I don't know, man, the, the fit I'm a little worried about, but you got to do better than Poole did last season. Two years ago, Poole was fantastic. I don't know if they're going to be quite that good, but that that was the title team. So I think just with the better chemistry, they're going to be a better team. I do like how the Lakers match up, though. Like, Ham clearly has a great game plan. The Lakers still have the personnel to slow down the off-screen and the handoff attacks. I'm a little worried, though. Like, Golden State still had the Lakers on the ropes a bit. If they hit their threes a little bit better, they may have won that series last year. And, like, from a shot quality battle, game by game, they did pretty well. Uh, So it's not like they were all that far off from making it to the Western Conference Finals. And so I think if they're just a little bit better, they've got a really, really darn good shot. So this is absolutely a, a Western Conference contender. But compared to those other two teams we talked about, I, I still feel better just because of how well the Lakers have game plan against them and how I see that carrying over. So like a, a three in LeftCon, I think I think that's probably where I would put it. Uh, I could definitely see that upgraded to a two just because Steph Curry, Draymond, there's a lot of just you know again championship equity there that they're they're mm-hmm. a tough out no matter what you get yeah i think a three is appropriate it's not i don't feel great about it but i'm not you know shaking in my boots about it it's around in the middle and i, I think that makes sense for right now now if they can prove to us that the scheme has really adapted and, and things are working really well and there's more upside with paul and stuff playing together I might upgrade that concern, but for now, I think three makes sense. All right, moving on to the other other team in Los Angeles, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. They didn't have much moves on the ins and outs. They lost Eric Gordon, and they picked up uh, KJ Martin, and yeah, that's about it. They kept the other guys. The Plumlee uh, resigned Russell Westbrook, and. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, Tim. Maybe it's me more giving too much thought of the Kawhi and PG can't stay healthy into May. But th- this team with Russ uh, getting a little bit older, them losing a little bit of their depth, I I kind of don't see it as much with them. And you know they're they're close there. They're right there with the Lakers, a little bit longer odds. But I don't know, man. I feel like the Clippers might. They're going to be a tough team, but I still think they can be. They're beatable to me. Yeah, I think it would be disrespectful if we didn't include them on this list, but I'm glad they are on this list so I can't disrespect them. These guys are a bunch of losers. <laughs> this is not going to work, dude. This These guys can't stay healthy for 10 games, let, it go, yeah. let alone 82, and then you yeah. know needing to win 16 games. Let alone 16, these yeah, guys, yeah, man. Yeah. Are you kidding me? If Robert Covington rocked last year and Tyloo freaking benched him like the whole year. When Tyloo stops benching good players and when they can prove that they can be healthy, then I'll have a little bit of worry. Oh, wait. Also, they have Russell Westbrook. And we've seen <laughs> how you can game plan, I guess. Like, 
On paper, yeah, okay, they could shoot threes. They've got some switchable guys. You know, Zubats is a good drop defender. Kawhi can be that dude, or he was, you know, half a decade ago. I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not worried about these guys. I'm not yeah. worried about the. I want to play these losers. They can win regular season games. <laughs> In a seven-game series, give me the Lakers. Bring it on, man. Screw these guys. Keep spicy. putting up billboards. We'll keep putting up banners. I'm not going to lie, man. I could see them in the play-in. Like, obviously, like, injury. But like, I could see them. I could see them in the play-in, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They've got much more of a floor than these other teams we've talked about. And I don't believe that they're going to be able to be healthy and then also coach well and then also fix the Russell Westbrook situation. It's a good situation for him. Like, he's got better yeah. spacing around him. Like, it made sense why he played well. And that was my analysis when he got moved over there. Like, yeah, this is a good fit for him. It's not, you know, it's still a challenge for them as a team. Uh, so, I don't know. The Lakers are going to need some wing stopper against this team to defend Kawhi. But other than that, matchup-wise, I'm not concerned. This is, from a left-con standpoint, I got these guys as a four. Oh, come on. If you have to all that you got to make them a five. five. I, I'll make them a five. I'll make them a five. <laughs> I, there are, yeah, I'll make them a five. That we're gonna go with that. All right, all right, all right. Peer pressure works, folks. Uh, moving on to another matchup the Lakers faced in the playoffs last year: the Memphis Grizzlies, who are you know in line with the Mavs and wow, the Kings are really far. That's interesting. Seeing people like uh, not believe in them, not saying I disagree, but it's interesting to see those odds so so far away from the rest of the pack there. Uh, but yeah, obviously Jaw's going to be suspended for the first twenty five games. That'll affect their their seeding. But they also lost uh, two major pieces of their rotation in um, Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones. And say what you want about Dylan Brooks, but he was a valuable player for them, and they haven't quite replaced his skill set, even though they added Marcus Smart and Derek Rose and got Josh Christopher for free. If he doesn't get cut, I still think there's some, uh, some holes in this team and outside of some, you know, major development in maybe some more of uh Jaron Jackson or Der- Desmond Bain and Santi Aldama and, you know, getting uh, Clark back and healthy and Adams. Do you think that they are going to stay within that top four seeding in going into next season? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I, see, I think the seeding might be a little lower for them just because of Jaw being out so right. long. But once he's back, dude, this is, this is a dangerous team. This is uh this is a, like a legitimate, like, I think these guys can be really good. Jaw's back. Let's say by the time he's back, the team has kind of figured out like how to play basketball without him. So then, their bench units are really good when he is. And I mean, even the past couple of years, they've been good without him playing. So I don't think that'll necessarily be a huge challenge. Although a lot of that was Tyus Jones, basically. So can Marcus Smart get in there and, and do well? He is a like legitimately a downgrade in some areas uh, defensively and upgrade in others. Uh, from a playmaking standpoint, I'd say he's a step up from Brooks. The perimeter shooting for both of those guys is a concern, but I think just the detriment to the offense doesn't understand he's not a good shooter you know thing we are in a better spot with Marcus Smart than you are with Dylan Brooks so I don't mind it and once you get job back I think you're in pretty good shape you now have the last two defensive players of the year on your team uh Luke Kennard his shooting Bane's shooting that was problematic that was tough for the Lakers they were in trouble that series against Memphis 
And then Luke Kunar got hurt and it was like, okay, we don't actually have to solve this tactical problem. We didn't solve yet. We, we were bailed out. So they could have pushed LA more if he was healthy. And to me, that's problematic. Jock getting back and then them having Marcus Smart, you know, that's concerning. This is a young roster that's going to get better as they age. They have 14 rostered players that are 25 years old or younger. Like they are yeah. going to be better. And then if you add in uh, Steven Adams and then Clark as well, Brandon Clark, those are two key guys that they did not have last playoff run. They had to go to their depth and their depth still did damn good. If they go get those guys back, there aren't holes in a lot of this roster. And to me, that's – like I, I see this as being a tough team to play. Now, if you can still slow the drop, pick, and roll, their offense is going to struggle. And I, I – you know, to be frank, the Lakers coach circles around them. If they're going to get out coached, that, that's going to make them an easier team to play. And if Jaw can't hit jumpers or hit pull-up threes, you know, that's going to be challenging for them. But this is a tougher team. This would be a tougher team if you face them in the playoffs and they're healthy than what L.A. saw last time around. I really enjoy watching John Morant play, and I can't help but have that feeling I had when watching prime Derrick Rose when he's throwing his body into places it shouldn't be at very high velocities, that he's just going to get – he has a higher chance to get hurt and twist an ankle coming down. Somebody undercuts you, and you you know break your wrist again. Again, no one can project injuries, but there are players who play in certain ways – that give them a higher chance of these things. And I, I think John Morant lands in that. Now, maybe he adjusts his game. Maybe he's, you know, trying to stay a little bit more conservative and in that respect. But that's a concern I still have about them. And and without the without Ja, I think this team becomes just a solid end of the top eight playoff team. I think one thing that will help is he like can't throw his body at defenders for a good portion of the season because he <laughs> won't be playing. Like they've effectively have him in bubble wrap for quite a bit. And then we'll be able to unleash it later in the season. And I mean, he was only, you know, he started last season at 23 years old. He's going to start the upcoming season at 24 years old, like still a young guy should recover fairly well, was fourth in the NBA in rim shot creation from a rim shot making was graded out fairly well. He's up there somewhere. He's going to be good. Like, this is a really good team. They're still a young team. They are going to have a lot of – like, this isn't a window team where it's like, okay, they got to get it done this year or next year. They have quite a large window, I think, because of who they have and the ages of those players. But they're they're going to be in a tough spot. I, I say that they would be a three for me. Along with the Warriors from a left-con standpoint, I would much rather face the Clippers than the Grizzlies. What yeah. about you? I for sure agree with that. I still think the Grizzlies are are a strong team and, you know, could definitely give a team a run for their money if healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that might count against them is withdraw out that much if things don't click right away. Maybe they are low in the standings and they have to play one of the best teams earlier in the playoffs and that just makes their road to the conference finals tougher. But if they can get good seeding, they're going to be a tough out. Now, two teams we haven't talked about, Dallas and Sacramento. We actually see here on the odds, Dallas is ahead of Memphis. I'm not buying Dallas. I think they've got really, really, really good top-end talent. But to me, the roster just isn't at the level to win the West. 
And then with the Kings, their defense just has some major flaws. I love the offense, but I think the defense to me is not good enough to win that many seven-game series against all of these other teams that are really, really good. Right. Uh, but still really good team, like teams that might be able to make it to the Western conference finals potentially. And then like scrolling down a bit, like the Pelicans, if healthy with Zion back, like they could be challenging. Minnesota maybe could be challenging. OKC is going to be interesting. Like there are a lot of fun and good teams, but I think we're setting a high bar with like, we think you can actually win the conference finals. And honestly, maybe right. we take the Clippers out of this conversation. Right. But I think Nuggets, Suns, Warriors, Lakers, Grizzlies is to me like for sure the top five. I in some order. I I agree with that mostly, but I I think I would put Dallas in there, and Ooh, I am oh, much higher me. on them than you are. And it's surprising they did really well for their limitations uh, in the off season, but. You know, if if you can get the full year of Kyrie, assuming again, there's no funny business with Kyrie this year, which is a hard assumption to make. I'm really high on Dante Exum's comeback to the league. I think he's been playing really well from some of the film I saw overseas. Um, getting Seth Curry, getting that like they have like four or five bigs now that they can play between Holmes. Uh, I got Lively. They still have Powell and Kleba. They have some versatility there. If they can get a little bit more out of uh, a guy like Josh Green and maybe Omax Prosper, I don't know, man. I can really see them overperforming and just being like uh, scoring 125 points a night and giving up 123. But I and Grant Williams, Grant Williams, Mm -hmm. really good pickup. They're one big ad. So I I'm a lot higher than them, and then I think. I would put that I would flip them with the Clippers in the standings and obviously Luca and Kyrie at the top end talent is there uh, adding some defensive pieces still having Tim Hardaway so it's not a perfect matchup it's not a perfect team but considering where they started you know at the end of last season I, I think I, I land higher on them than you what do you think their like closing lineup looks like like Luca, so Kyrie, Luca, Kyrie, Grant probably, Williams is in there, and probably who like Hardaway. If, it's probably Hardaway because he can make threes. If Josh Green and starts then, making threes, it's him. And then Powell or Holmes. Yeah, we'll see about Lively. A little bit of upside there. I think their bench has a lot to prove. I, I think That's they fair. need guys to stop. I, I I have more trust in the bench of a lot of the other teams than all of the other teams we've talked about than some of these guys who need to step up. And I mean, some of them are high draft picks. Like they they have opportunity. I'm not saying they can't do it, but they have a lot to prove, and maybe they'll prove me. I'd be it'd be great if they prove me wrong. I live in Dallas. It'd be fun to go see some more compelling yeah. games, but. Uh, I don't know, man. That's that's what I'm skeptical about, but I do certainly think the top end talent is is there. Part of why, and to me, this is a general basketball thing. When you have your top two offensive options as point guard and point guard, or point guard and shooting guard, it's hard for those two guys to like do stuff together. It's more like we need to attack in waves, like a Tatum and a Brown. Then like, oh, we're going to run a pick like a, a Harden Embiid or a, uh, I don't know, name another 
point guard center duo or point guard power forward duo or shooting guard center duo. Like it's nice to be able to put your two best players in an action together. Whereas with this team, you can't quite do that. And in that way, I think that lowers the ceiling a little bit, but you do know at like all 48 minutes, you're going to have an elite on ball, like ISO guy, pick and roll guy on court between Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. I, I see where you're coming from. I think it's a little unique having like a six, seven point guard in Luka, where if you do a guard guard screen, you know, he's going to have a wing stopper on him most likely, right? He's not going to just have a point guard on him. So if they do want to switch and you're going to get a mass mismatch, put him in the post against him. Okay. Let's say mm-hmm. they run a normal one, five pick and roll with like a Dwight Powell and his verticality. If you have Kyrie in the corner or in the opposite wing and he can catch with an advantage, dude, that's buckets. Yeah. So and, yeah, and they got some lobsters on this team, which is I nice. Think, yeah. Okay, you sell me a little bit. I'll, I'll see what things are starting to look like. Like to Definitely. me, really, it's I need to get more comfort with their some of their bench guys. But if that's there, then I can I can start little, to see it. Little Dante Exum scoring, you know, burst off the bench, um, throwing lobs up to Lively and Powell. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm not calling them to be a top four seed. If they were, Tim, it would not shock me. Seth Curry spacing out. Mm-hmm. The big thing is going to be, can they defend at any high level? Which is probably no. But can they defend just enough? <sighs> yeah, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Like, them and Sacramento, I, I think the defense is going to be a challenge. Yeah. Memphis, defense is going to be soft. Lakers, defense should be good. Warriors, defense should be good. Suns, the roster isn't solid defensively, but the coaching is, and they have some good roster pieces defensively. Mm-hmm. So may I think they'll be average to above average. Nuggets, same sort of deal. Um, and but I, I really like the, the coaching for each of those groups. And I think that can elevate a bit. So I don't know. Lot lots for teams to figure out, and then this group may evolve over time. But uh, I think that's a, a good place to to close this one out, Tom. This is these yeah. have been the contenders in the West, and we haven't talked about the Lakers. But folks, we're going to be talking I'll about do that the every day. Yeah. yeah, that's nothing new. It'll be interesting to kind of get a little bit more context for the rest of the leagues when we do start seeing these games, knowing the the good teams, the bad teams. Uh, kind of just you know priming y'all for the season to come. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. So we'll continue the conversation. Uh, Check us out on Discord. Uh, If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can get into the Discord for free. You can DM that to me, to Tom, to the Lakers Exceptionals and Podcast Twitter account. Join the Discord. Lots of different uh, tiers with cool stuff in there. Bonus pods, Exodus content. Go check it out. Go check out the link in my bio to see what that looks like. I want to shout out Court Prowse and TJ Timotaji at the Arena Sponsorship Tier. Zach Harris, Q Dadio, iPod Shuffle, Miguel, T. Shuttleworth, Omar, Roy, Abdulrahman, Keneal Mason, Doppel, and Romario in the owner's box, as well as to the courtside and lower role crews. All those crews have all those different levels have different cool extra things that you can get access to. Go check that out. Go if you're listening live and playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Watch Party. Uh, click on that link in the chat to the YouTube. Go subscribe. It really helps us out. You're going to see yep. a lot more content coming up there in the future. Tom just rolled out a cool new snazzy uh, logo, and I'm excited about that. My dilemma now is: do I change my Twitter logo to my bio picture? That's to all that? you, brother. That's um, up to you, man. Because one will... thing I do like, I like the new one more. However, I now like how when I tweet 
it's at the pod thing. account, it doesn't yeah. look like I'm tweeting at myself, which is nice. Well, you know what? Let's hook up. Maybe we can get you like, do you, do you know what a VTuber is, Tim? It's like an animated. We're just going to build you a VTuber. So you have like a, a thing people can see and react to. I'm totally kidding. But <laughs> that would be funny if you had like a little anime waifu girl. Yeah, yeah. Tune in to <laughs> and, and yeah. If you're listening to this pod right now, you, you know you'd be seeing my uh, anime girl right now on exactly. playback.tv slash Lakers Watch Party, uh, and you can't prove that I'm not. So right. go check us out there. We got a lot of fun stuff ahead. We've been doing Lakers rewatch parties, which has been a blast. This yep. week we did. Uh, what do we see this week? Oh, Lakers Nuggets. Lakers yep. Nuggets. 2008. Yep. Uh, AI Mello going off. Kobe going off a little bit more. George Carl not calling the play all game. It was a blast. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> nightgown jerseys. Yeah, dude, nightgown jerseys. If you don't know about it, you need to go go learn. Well, thanks everybody. That's a good place to leave it. Go sub to our YouTube, and uh, we'll talk to y'all next time. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.